The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. G. Cobb with you on voiceamerica.com. And, of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Micah Warren. And uh, it's a pleasure being here with you um, on what has been a tumultuous a week news-wise, and uh, glad to have you here with me, uh, Micah. How you doing? I'm doing well, G. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, you know, the, uh, the Eagles, uh, you know, regards to what's going on with them, of course, uh, everybody's pretty much uh, going their way. Uh, they've got a few weeks until they, um, uh, you know, you got some of the guys, uh, well, in a couple of weeks are going to be going out to uh, uh, Donovan McNabb's camp out in uh, Arizona. Uh, you got a good deal of the guys that are out in Los Angeles right now. Tomorrow, Hank Bassett's going to get married to Kendra Wilkinson. You get invited? Beg your pardon? You going? You get invited? Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not making the trip, but, um, but you know, um, one of the big things that uh, of course, you know, uh, uh, you know, I have been, you know, thinking about with regards to this theme, and, and, and this is what we want to get into tonight. First of all, you know, really nothing matters anymore for the Eagles uh, from a regular season standpoint. You know, uh, if they do whatever in the regular season, it's just a matter of getting to the playoffs. The whole thing they've got to do is get to the playoffs, especially the next couple of years, because, the, you know, uh, really we're talking about the legacy of uh, Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb, really. Uh, that's really what the, the rest of the story is going to be and then we'll see what happens after that. But the next two years, that's basically what we're talking about. Now, uh, in looking at that, one of the things, and, and Mike, I know you've been reading probably some of the articles I've been writing, uh, you know, really one of the main things that um, I have been, uh, you know, dwelling on is the whole thing about winning a championship and the formula for winning a championship. And uh, in that I think, you know, from a defensive standpoint, you know, we'll get to the offensive side maybe in a little while, but, from a defensive standpoint, I admire Jim Johnson and the way he's been able to put these blitz packages together and all that stuff. And I think that's fine, and, and that's, that's helped them get to the playoffs over and over and over and over. But it's not a championship type of uh, formula. I don't think it's a formula for winning championships. I think it's a formula for getting to the playoffs. But in getting those championship games, if you're going to win on the defensive side of the ball, I think you've got to have dominant pass rushes. But what's your, what's your whole take on it? Gee, I agree, and we've been talking about this quite a bit. Uh, I think the biggest question I want answered on the defensive side of the ball, they need that front four to get pressure. And if you look at what the Giants did, and one of the reasons they were so many problems for Brady, 
Tuck and Umanura and Strahan were, were the ones getting the pressure. So when you have that, you have seven guys you can put back in coverage or whatever. And even in general with the blisses, I don't have, like you said, it's not so much a problem I have with the blisses. You know, even, even in the third down, that's fine. You want to confuse them. But when it's kind of your base defense and the only way you have to get pressure, you know, it's a risky defense. I mean, if it wasn't, everybody would blitz every down. There's a reason it's a risky defense. Well, the thing is, it's a risky defense, and it's especially a risky defense against a good quarterback and against a seasoned veteran quarterback who's had, you know, maybe two weeks to look at you. Mm-hmm. So you know that he's seen everything. You've shown everything you're going to do. You know, you've shown all your blitzes. You've shown basically all your cards. And to, um, to think that you're going to be able to, you know, still go ahead and run blitzes against them is just really not reasonable. And, and, and you know what? It doesn't work. Uh, in, in two of the championship games that the Eagles have lost, uh, they've been pretty, pretty much sliced up by, um, by Kurt Warner, you know. Yeah. And two of them, they've been sliced up by him pretty good, you know. And, so, uh, you know, Todd Haley knew where that blitz was coming from. From the first snap, he knew where it was coming from, and he had an answer for it. That was very apparent in the first half of that game. Yeah, and, and you know, and so, you know, these are the kind of things now. See, everybody, and, and, and you know, my whole thing is, of course, you know, so many people, oh, it's McNabb, you know, it's, you know that's the reason McNabb. Well, why haven't we got, we, we have won, one of our formulas for winning has been our defense. You know, our defense has been a key point. That's one of the big reasons we've gotten to the playoffs so many different times. You know? And it was, it was a big reason they beat the Giants last year in the playoffs. I mean, those, yeah. those fourth, fourth and inches stops, Patterson and Bunkley were huge. The, the, the Giants didn't score a touchdown in that game. I mean, Donovan made just enough big plays and didn't score a touchdown. Going into that Arizona game, one of the things you felt good about, one of the things you were confident about was the defense. Yeah. They didn't show up. They, they didn't show up. And, 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 but, see, but see, what it says, though, what it says to me is, though, is you have got to be able to get pressure with, with your front four. You have got to be – if you're going to win a championship from a defensive standpoint, see, and that's why I really don't think the Eagles are set up to win it from a defensive standpoint. I think they're set up – you know, they're getting set up to, to, to win it from, uh, you know, by outscoring people and really kind of a combination of the two because the defense still needs to play well. But, but the thing is, you've got to have firepower. You can't – you can't go into a game, first of all, where you're going in and you're playing. You've you got a blitzing defense going in there. You're playing against a seasoned guy. I mean, for that matter, like a Brad Johnson. Come on, Brad Johnson's not going to light it up. But if you're, if you're coming at him, he's going to get rid of the ball. If he knows where you're coming from, he's going to get rid of the ball. You know? so, yeah, Gruden had his way, too. Yeah, and, and so, um, you know, you look at the games that they have lost. I mean, we're talking about championship games. You know, and, and uh, they just really haven't been a dominant defense. I mean, you can't, you know, and uh, I know that I upset some people when I mentioned uh, Brian Dawkins, but let's be honest. In one season, in one playoff series, they played three games in the playoffs this year. Asante Samuel did more in those playoff games than Dawk has done in the career he's been here. How many big plays has he made in the playoff games, in championship games? Uh, I can't. The Falcons game, he caught a pick. I mean, I, that's... But, but, look, but look, how, look at the two interceptions that Asante Samuel had in the playoffs and tell me those were not integral way, reasons that they won both of those games. 
Gee, I agree. No, I agree. I'm, trying, I'm scrambling to think of what Brian Dawkins has done. I mean, he had the big hit on Crumpler, but he caught the ball. I never understood why everyone loved that hit so much. Yeah, he popped Crumpler. He held on to the ball. Those yeah, I mean, but, you know, and, and it was a good hit and everything. But what I'm saying is, hey, look, you, you need big plays. You need somebody making big plays. Look at Palomalu. In his first two playoff games, Asante Samuel, uh, come on, those two plays were huge that he made. Yeah, the, 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 the Minnesota, Minnesota, was Minnesota big. interception and the Giant interception. Those were huge plays. He made one. He made, made each one of those plays two weeks in a row. And you tell me when Doc has done that. And Doc played how many years here? How many times did they go to the playoffs? That's why. See, some people just want to assault uh, McNabb. I'm saying, well, Doc is a Hall of Famer. Call it. You got to at least say, well, look at him. What? And, and see, my thing is, I'm not really so much pointing the finger at Doc, but what I'm saying is, as a safety. You're not going to get but so many chances. You need, because they're not going to let him blitz. Once he moves up, you got a seasoned quarterback, he's going to read it, he's going to get rid of the ball. He's not going to let him make uh, a big play. And that's why you've got to have your front four. That's why, if you're going to talk about winning a championship, with all due respect to the safeties and Dawk and all of them, if you want to win a championship, you've got to have dominant people up front if you want to win it on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, just, you know, I, I, I don't uh, – maybe a cornerback, but, I, I mean, how many safeties have – other than, well, you, you know, uh, uh, Palomalo made that play last year. Yeah, that's a big play. That was a huge play. I mean, that, 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 put, them in the, uh, that put them in the Super Bowl. But, but going back to your previous point, the safeties get a lot better when you have pressure from the front four. I mean, the Giants secondary when they won, that, won the Super Bowl wasn't very good. But they had all the quarterbacks throwing with hands in their face. They were throwing before they wanted to, and it makes that secondary a lot better. Um, so, I mean, I, see if you would agree with this, Jay. When you look at this defense and whether or not these guys can win a championship, you might have to say the biggest question mark, or maybe the most pressure to perform, is on Victor Abiyamiri. They need him off that left end. Well, you know, I've been, I've been writing about that, you know, that he's going to be a key part of the whole thing. I mean, you know, there's, there's, no, uh, there's no just, you know, uh, going through the motions here. You know, they need him to step up. And, and uh, you know, I, I haven't finished <laughs> writing the article, but I started writing an article, and I'm going to write it about how they made such an egregious error when you want to talk about huge mistakes. You know, Derek Burgess. Come on. Derek Burgess was one of yeah. the key reasons they went to the Super Bowl. But, Jake, in their defense, I, I, I know he was hurt, and, and, and I understand why they let him go and everything. But I'm just saying, still, you know, the way I, ironic about it is, hey, you know, you need somebody that, that can get pressure in the big game. He, he, got, he got a sack in the Super Bowl. He got a couple and, sacks in the, in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, no, he had his last two games here were, were excellent. And, yeah, that's he know, and he was hurt. He was hurt for those somebody. last two. And the shame of it is, is we... It would have been better if Curse had been the one getting Earth, and then we would have known to get rid of him. <laughs> well, you know, G, and you mentioned on the site uh, about the Eagles' biggest drift under, under Reed, you had uh, Freddie Mitchell. I, I can't really disagree with that because, obviously, um, Chambers, Wayne, and Chad Johnson all went behind him. Yeah, but, well, you know, I, start, see, I started what, thinking, what, of, huh? I, I, don't see, I don't see it just because of that, but because of what it would have done for the Eagles, being that they want to throw the ball all the time, if they'd have had a number one receiver, then it would have made everybody else, it would have taken off the, a lot of pressure off a lot of the other guys, you know, if you know what I'm saying. You know, meaning like if you got the number one receiver, the way it was when T.O. was here, 
then right away you can live with Reggie Brown. You can, you can live with Jason Avant and those guys because you got a number one receiver that's getting double teamed and still being productive. All the other guys are one-on-one all the time. They don't have to be as good, see, when you've got that number one guy, see. And, and that's why the, the number one guy is worth paying, especially if you're going to throw the ball all the time. That's why, really, you look back at it, you know, I, I know uh, Owens was, was, was being an idiot, but when you look back at it, when you talk about winning a championship, you, you know, uh, like I've been saying with Andy, and you see me writing about Andy, look, Andy's going to throw the ball whether he's got good receivers or not. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure, we might as well have him. So, you know, you've got to say, okay, I mean, that's just like, uh, you, know, uh, you know, you and your lady. Or I know with my wife, I, I know that's a situation where, look, Certain things is going to be worth me to get that, rather to have her more happy. You know what I'm saying? Certain things yeah. is worth paying for. But anyway, we'll we'll be back with you on G Cobb in the house as we talk about the Eagles. And uh, hey, what about winning a championship one day? We'll be back with you in a moment. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. If you're not facing your mortgage issues, this can be the most terrifying sound in the world. It means you've fallen behind. It means hope is dwindling. It means you're another call closer to losing your home to foreclosure. Fortunately, there's hope. If you need real help and guidance, call 1-888-995-HOPE. That's 1-888-995-4673. Because nothing is worse than doing nothing. A public service announcement brought to you by NeighborWorks, the Ad Council, and this station. Owen Hodge Show. Are you ready for some football? Well, here it comes. The Owen Hodge Show is bringing you the funniest hour in sports talk radio. This action-packed show is hosted by the outspoken fullback, Big Hodge, and the knowledgeable defensive back, Odie. This show will focus on the NFL, but touch on all things sports. Owen Hodge will provide you with a true player's perspective. That'll give you insight, make you think, and definitely make you laugh. Owen Hodge have accumulated six championship rings, so obviously they know things. Check out the Owen Hodge Show at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Owen Hodge Show. The following commercial is sponsored by FeedThePig.org, an organization devoted to helping you save money. We will not entice you with messages like Lowest prices in town. Dealer approved, certified pre-owned. No obligation consultation. Nor will we brag about our Huge selection. Enormous variety. One-stop shopping. Everything under one roof. Or promise. Prices reduced up to 75%. A sale like this can't go on forever. Factory liquidation. Financing options available. We will offer no contingencies like See store for details. Prices and participation may vary. Legal exclusions apply. No purchase necessary. Or try to convince you that our product will give you cleaner, tighter abs in minutes. Perfect smile. Porcelain veneers. Freedom from those painful, embarrassing bunions. Because we simply want to help you spend smarter and save better. Log on to feedthepig.org. 
Find the benefits of saving for every stage of life. Brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. G. Cobb back with you on... Uh, G. Cobb in the house on voiceamerica.com, and I'm being joined by my uh, guest, well, not guest host, my co-host, Michael Warren, and uh, we're talking about the birds and talking about what it's going to take for them uh, to win a championship, and we've been talking about the defensive side of the ball, uh, you know, and I, I just think you, you need dominant people up front, uh, because as you said, you know, who was in the giant defensive backfield when they beat? You know, uh, the, uh, one of the highest scoring teams in the history of the NFL. Who, I mean, who, who, we don't know who was back there, and you know why? You know why we don't know? Because, you know, uh, they, were, they were climbing all over Tom Brady, and Tom Brady basically was running for his life most of that, most of that game. And uh, I tell you, really, to me, you know, Tom looked a little scared in that game. I'll be honest with you, because he, he was not comfortable. He did not feel good about uh, the um, – What's that? Mike on. Oh, we have a call, Mike. Yep. Okay, okay, that's fine. Okay, you know, but the the thing is, is that um, uh, they were able to do do a great job of putting so much pressure on him that you know that, that there was no question that he, he was running for his life the whole time. So, you know, that, that's the big factor I think that played into it. And that's why if you got dominant people up front, you know, that's the key. Now, Mike, uh, how you doing, buddy? Good, and you, G? I'm doing great, doing great. What's, what's on your mind? What, what, do you, uh, what, what do you want to ask us? What do you want to talk about? Oh, yeah, um, I had heard that um, about you think that we should um, not use Brian Westbrook this much this season and instead use him during the playoffs? Uh, you know, I, I, I think we need to use him during the regular season. Uh, but I do not think they should use him as much as they have because I think that the key thing is to have him healthy for himself. You know, I, I think that's the most important thing. So if, if you don't have it on, in fact, I'm, I'm hearing some... Um, I'm getting a lot of that. I'm getting a rebound. But anyway, the, the big thing is, you know, go ahead and you use him, but you use him sparingly during the because what it's going to do is going to allow him to, to stay healthy because you need him fresh. If you get to the playoffs and uh, he's not available, you know, th- then you're not the same team. You get 2003 all over again. You know, they made, they made it to, to the NFC Championship game that year against Carolina, but it was, you know, fourth and 26. They kind of far helped them out a little bit. They get in that game and – it's just not the same. It's not the same offense. Even though you could argue they were able to run the ball, and the, the real problem, they decided to throw it, despite the fact that they were running it so well. And uh, Ricky Manning Jr. had his way, but it's just not the same. 
Yeah, you know, they're not the same football team uh, without him. Uh, they're going to be a lot better football team if, they're, um, if they got a healthy Brian Westbrook. So, uh, you know, the, the thing I think they can do is if they light it up the way they did in 2004, you know, and they show they can score, they really know that, look, could we have a better record if we use Brian Westbrook more? Yes. But if we can make sure we're to the playoffs and we're in a good seating, and we get there and we got a healthy Brian Westbrook, I think we're a lot better team with him. I mean, a lot better, and uh, that's why I think they've got to be smart about that. And I would like to see them do whatever they can do to try to have him healthy. And, gee, you know, the, the best times for that, too, I mean, there's times we've seen. Even, you know, last year and the year before, you're up by a sizable margin, third, fourth quarter. Why do you have to have him in there? Just get him out. There's no reason to have him out there. Those are the times I really game? want to see him cut back. We talking about the Cowboy game? Well, I'm trying to think of the games. In- oh, oh you're, talking about, you're talking about different games during the season. Just in general, there's times at the end where you, you know the game is over. You don't need him at that point. Then don't use him. That's yeah, I, I mean, I would agree. I mean, I, I think, I think you've got to go into it. And, uh, and I thought last year, you know, of course right now, I think that the Eagles uh, and Andy Reid, they're, they're thinking that way because, you know, we've all seen, you know, uh, that, that he's been very, you know, we, you know, means having all these surgeries and things. So we know that, you know, he doesn't have a lot left in the tank. So now, of course, it's easier to say, yeah, you know, we're going to watch him and everything. But I, I think, you know, they should have been doing it last year, and they definitely have got to do it now. They have got to make sure uh, that they um, use him sparingly and make it a point uh, to, to try to have him healthy uh, for the playoffs because, you know, uh, and this is true with Westbrook, too. He doesn't have a lot more time. He's going to go. He's going to be out there. And you know the same is true with, with McNabb. And, hey, look, every time, especially with the situation they're in now, where, you know, you got these young kids in there that might be able to help you, you've got to make sure that you, um, that you do everything you can uh, to keep this guy healthy. Simple as that. Bubble wrap, What's that? Put him in bubble wrap. I'm all for it. You know, I mean, because if you get to the playoffs and he's healthy, man, I'm telling you, it puts so much pressure on a defense. They are going, they're going to put him in position where, come on, if the Giants couldn't deal with them, you know, uh, with the Westbrook not at 100%, and, and not a lot of weapons, and, you know, you know you, but if they come in there and they're healthy and they've got guys flying all over the place and they've got speed out there on that field, that puts a lot of pressure on a defense. Okay, Gene, we're talking about positioning for a championship and we want to win and everything. We've got to keep Westbrook healthy in the playoffs. This team is not structured right now to give him a lot of time off. You've got well, a rookie, Booker, and Weaver. They well, need somebody else to take those carries. Where's Chris Vaughn? Yeah, well, you know, that's what you've got to do is – uh, and that's why right now I would already have a veteran guy in there. I'd have work done or whoever I could get to come in there and take up some of those carries. And really that I felt comfortable, look, you know, we don't really have to use Westbrook right now, you know, because I would not want him getting I – want, I want Westbrook over there uh, mad because I'm not giving him a lot of carries. Yep. You know, I'm not giving the ball a lot because he, he's not going to be happy about it. But without – look, Brian. We want to win a championship, you know. That's our goal. Uh, you know, we don't want to look 
we, uh, you know, our goal is not to look great in the regular season. Where, oh, man, we look, you guys look great in the regular season. That's not our goal. You know, we just don't want to look great in the regular season. We're trying to win a championship. And, and I think that, that's the type of mentality they need to have. And, uh, you know, if they have that kind of mentality, I think that uh, in due time, you know, they're, they're going to get their shot at it, you know. They're going to get their shot at it. So, uh, offensively now, getting onto the offensive side, we talk about trying to win a championship. See, my, my, my thinking is, and, you know, I, and I wrote this on the site, and all of you listening, you can go check this out on gcob.com. But, you know, I was talking about the fact that uh, most teams are defensive-oriented teams or offensive-oriented teams, meaning that uh, they, they really kind of play a strategy. It's just like a, uh, a baseball team. You know, you've got a baseball team that's a heavy-hitting team, uh, like the old uh, Cincinnati or the, uh, the, the, the Big Red Machine. They just bash you. They, they, their pitchers were okay, but they figured, look, we're going to score six runs. You know, I mean, we're going to score at least six runs. Or for that matter, the Phillies right now, you know, uh, you know they feel like they're going to score some runs. But anyway, the, 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 uh, a team that's a pitching team, that they got great pitchers, well, they're trying to score one or two runs early. They, they want, you know, they, they're going to be playing for one run, two runs. So they're bunning. They're trying to, you know, but a, a basher, they're going to come up, hey, they're free swinging. You know, that we're not worried about it. We're letting the guy swing away. Well, see, because you go, you kind of have your strategy geared towards the strength of your football team. Or it's geared to, the, to your team, regardless of what sport it is. And if you're a, a defensive-oriented team, you're going to run the football. You're going to wear the other team out because, you know, look, we're going to control the ball. We know our defense is going to play well. We want to make sure they get rest. And we're going to pummel you and run the ball on you, and that's the way we win. That's the Steelers, okay? People talk about Roethlisberger. Yeah, he threw the ball 20 times. Right. You know, he throw the ball 20 times. That's their formula. Now, a team like the Cardinals, though, they make it very clear. We're going to outscore you guys. We're coming out. We've got, we got some great weapons. We're, come, we're going right after your juggler we're, no, from, the, from the start. Now, that's Andy Reid. Okay? Andy Reid coaches that way. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether they have the talent or not. He coaches that way. And so you've got to have talent if the guy is going to coach that way. I mean, you, you can't be throwing the ball. You know, you look out there and you're throwing the ball to Charles Johnson. You're throwing, throwing the ball to Torrance uh, Small. You know, I, I go on and on through this. You're throwing the ball to James Thrash and Todd Pinkston. And then you don't win a championship and you're mad at the quarterback. I mean, it, it's just totally stupidity. If you're going to put those guys out there, then you better be a running team. You, 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 you must be a running team that relies on his defense. If you're going to send those kind of mediocre receivers out there to play for you. And well, because what happens is if you, when you're not completing passes and you're going three and out, by the third, by the third quarter, your defense is gassed. They've yes. been out there just way too much. Exactly. And, now, and then people say, well, they can't stop Washington running in the fourth quarter. Yeah, because they're going to field the whole game. And now, of course, it's really tough to stop. Exactly, now. exactly. And so, if you, if you, you know, they, they have been a team that's won on their defense, but they've done it in spite of the fact, and I will – you know, and I, I mentioned this before, which is, you know, McNabb has been able to throw all those times without throwing a lot of interceptions. You know, and, and uh, you know, that's the amazing thing about it. But, but they really haven't had a coherent 
current form, formula for winning a championship. But anyway, we'll be back with you on the other side, talking more about the Eagles and uh, you know what it's going to take to win a Super Bowl championship. We'll be back with you in a moment. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports discover the world's only speed training program that guarantees your athletes have their best season ever or your money back no questions asked Let's face it, the best athletes on any team in any sport are the fastest athletes. The team with the most speed is almost always going to be more successful. The fact that you're listening to this right now tells me that you know this is true and that your athletes are not as fast as you want them to be. But how do you make them faster? After all, like many coaches, maybe you were told that you can't teach speed, that an athlete is either born with it or they're not. Right? Wrong. Arguably the biggest myth in all of sports is that you can't teach speed or coach athletes to new levels of athletic success and performance. The level of success your athletes experience has little to do with running plays or specific ball skills. Instead, it depends entirely on your ability to teach them the one skill required to dominate every sport. Speed. Put Latif Thomas and his team to work for you. Visit CompleteSpeedTraining.com or call toll-free 877-510-3278. That's 877-510-FAST. There has never been a better time to become a videographer in the sport of hunting. And right now, you can combine everything you love about hunting with a career in television. And you can learn it at home with Brock Ray's Outdoor Videography School. Hunter and TV personality Brock Ray has put together a course taught by TV professionals. And it all comes to you in a six-DVD home set that lets you learn about this lucrative occupation on your own time. Now, get paid for the hunts you shoot. That's right, when you purchase the home study course and learn our techniques, you can submit your video to us. And if it gets chosen, your segment might appear on our nationally televised Better Built's World of Outdoors. We will pay you for using your video. Call now at 205-625-5480. We invite you to visit our website at OutdoorVideoSchool.com. Start your career in television now. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. G Cobb back with you on G Cobb in the house and... I'm being joined by my co-host, uh, Michael Warren, as we talk about the Eagles and talking about the, you know, some of the things that have been on my mind with regards to the Eagles and that uh, you know, they've got themselves some uh, receivers uh, uh, with some speed and that now they can, they can play uh, 
you know, they can they, they fit the game plan that Andy's going to have, which is he's going to try to come out throwing the ball, and now they've got some people that, you know, you can go out there and say, you know what, hey, we can throw the ball. We, 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 don't, we don't mind throwing the ball against these guys because we got some, we got some guys that we think can go out and, and create some problems for people. Now, uh, I just had a problem with it. You know, regardless of whether you, that's to your strength or not, you go out and you still play that you have that type of game plan, even if you don't have the people to execute it, you know, and and that that's the thing that um, that I look at, and you know, you just kind of wonder sometimes. But uh, I wonder how he's been so successful, G. When you consider the, the round peg square hole, I mean, this is not a an offense that suits Donovan's talent, but Donovan is that good that he's been able to make it work. He's been trying to throw without receivers, hasn't had him, but still wants to throw. You have to kind of be amazed by the success they've had. Based on the fact they don't have the personnel that to fit their scheme or haven't in the past, mm-hmm. you know Donovan's strength is the well. I don't know. You know this is a, ti- a timing offense on the short underneath stuff, and uh, you, you look at all the success they've had, and it's actually in spite of uh, you know their scheme and their personnel, as opposed to the other way around. I mean, even when they had um, the three-headed monster with Buckhalter and Deuce and Westbrook, and, and then they go into that championship game that year and, and still end up, you know, run, 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 success, and then they throw. Yeah. So that's, right. that's when the pick started. Yeah, but, you, know, um, uh, you know, then also, you know, I think about that Tampa Bay game when, uh, you know, Deuce had that early touchdown, and, of course, they, they, you know, they're gonna, they, they want to run the ball. I mean, they want to throw the ball. Andy's going to throw the ball. Uh, doesn't matter who's out there. Uh, doesn't matter whether you, you you got good matchups or not against the, what is an outstanding secondary. You know you, you're going to go out there. You say, hey, you know we're going to throw the ball, and that's you know that type of mentality. It, it really it's kind of arrogant, and um, but but that's Ale- that, that's Andy's mentality, and you know what are you going to say? And against Tampa, that's you know one of the, one of the guys that was at fault in that game was Trey Thomas. I remember they moved the ball a couple times, and here Simeon Rice just abused him that day. And he came just knocking the ball out from behind Donovan. They couldn't get anything going. Mm-hmm. That's right. It was, uh, and then uh, with that play with um, uh, across the middle with um, what's his name? The Gary Vicious. Gary Vicious running across the, you know, and uh, you got a uh, couple uh, old. Uh, well, the Gary, uh, what's his name? The the uh, the linebacker from somewhere. Harry, huh? Harry Gardner. Yeah, Barry Gardner, that's right, chasing him. And you had that old uh, safety. Blaine Bishop. <laughs> yeah. That's but not only that, G, Blaine Bishop later admitted it. It was an, art- an article about a year later. Buried in this article was an admission that Blaine Bishop had, so- he had like, I guess it was a-, a muscle tear. muscle was off the bone. And he's on the sidelines telling him to kill him. And guys like Bobby Taylor like, don't worry, man, just stay out there. Okay. you got Michael Lewis, who's a rookie, but he's, he's a rookie. He's got speed. Yeah, and Blaine Bishop is the one that couldn't get to that corner. If Michael uh, Michael Lewis is out there, he probably most likely beats Jared Vicious to that corner. Well, that was a huge you know, play. See, but I, I think that the their formula is flawed, though. See, I, I think that you know if I look at it, I I, I think that uh, Tampa Bay had a, you know a better formula, and then once they really get to know the Eagles, then all that little trickery they're doing, you know, it's it's, it's not that impressive, you know, and. And uh, I know, uh, you know, Andy is good when it comes to drawing up a game plan and all that, but just, uh, you know, they just are not that impressive 
when when you uh, when you break it down, you really look at the Eagles. You see, well, what is the big deal? You, it's a wonder, as you said, is how they went there and went to the playoffs and, and and have had the success they've had. Really, I look at it and and, and I go back to. Donovan can throw the ball 35 times and average throwing one or less interceptions, and that's amazing. It's absolutely phenomenal. I he's mean, very careful with the football. Yeah, and you know, and uh, he's he's uh, one of the top in the history of the game. You know, now the other thing is Andy is brilliant when it comes to taking some garbage and being able to manufacture something out of the garbage. He's 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 very adept at that, but. When you get to a championship game, you're playing against a good football team. You're playing against an organized, smart football team, and a lot of those things don't work. You need some talent. You need, you need some talented players. Yeah, and I mean, I think you, you would agree with this, too. You play it because at some point in every game, you have to line up and just beat the guy across from you. Exactly. You, you need that talent. The team's not going to help at that point. There's always comes a point where – Forget everything else. I got to beat the guy in front of me, and you need good players. That. That's right. At some point, it gets to that. At and, some and point, give, at, what's that? Give Patterson, give Patterson and Bunkley a, a perfect example. Patterson and Bunkley did that against the Giants exactly when it had to be done. Yep. That's what I'm talking about. Yep, and they showed a lot. You know, they dominated uh, right in there, and you know, but but that ultimately is what you got to get. Now, if you're going to win on the defensive side of the ball, you're going to be playing against an offense that's had a lot of success, and so if you're going to be able to um, go out and, and be productive, then you're going to have to do it with dominant guys up front. You're going to have to be like the Steelers where you can send your two linebackers off the corner uh, and, and drop, you know, seven in coverage. And, and, you know, get to the quarterback. You know, I mean, you, you can do that. Now, uh, can the Eagles do that this year? Well, that, that's what we're going to find out. Because ultimately, defensively, it's going to come down to that. Offensively, if you're going to be a team that's going to try to throw the ball as much as, as, as they are, you've got to have, uh, for instance, I, you know, I, I was thinking about this, which is how many times have the Eagles had somebody as talented as a San Antonio Holmes as one of their receivers? I mean, you know, because everybody's, oh, Roethlisberger, look, San Antonio Holmes caught all the passes. San Antonio Holmes made all the plays along with Roethlisberger, which says a lot for him. They, 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 um, you know, they just, he just started going to him and going to him and going to him. But the well, fact and look that, on the other side of the ball, too, G. How far did the Cardinals get by uh, Kurt Warner just throwing it up for grabs and Larry Fitzgerald double coverage, coverage didn't matter. You knew no. as soon as he threw the ball up, Larry was going to be the one to come down with it. No doubt about and, it. No doubt about it. But, see, you, you need the talented players. You know, uh, you, you can't say enough about talented players. All of the garbage about... Uh, this, that, and the other, it comes down to you've got to have a certain level of talent if you're really going to, you know, if you want to win a championship. Now, you can do very well and get close and everything, but if you're really going to win a championship, you need some dominant players, and, you know, it should fit your, you know, your, your method, methodology of what you're going to do to win, meaning that what would the Cardinals look like if they had, you know, some garbage out there at receivers? They, they were not going to win throwing the ball as much as they like to throw the ball. Now, of course, you know, if you look at uh, Kurt Warner, he's played the Eagles twice in the NFC Championship game. One time he plays them, he's got Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce. The other time, he's got Larry Fitzgerald and, uh, you know, <laughs> Anquan Bolden. You know, you've got two Pro Bowl receivers each time. 
But yet, you know, people look at, oh, man, uh, Warner's so great. Warner's so great. Look, Warner's a good quarterback. But I tell you, throwing the ball to those guys can make you look pretty good real, real quick. Now, getting off the Eagles a little bit, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, Sixers drafted last night, and uh, they, they came down with Drew um, Holiday uh, out of uh, UCLA. And, and I think it was a good pick. I don't think he's going to be ready to help them right immediately, especially not full-time. But I do like the fact that he's aggressive, he's tough, and he likes to play defense. That means you've got a guy that's not going to be a total bust. Uh, because who knows wh- how, how well he's going to develop as a shooter and as a, as a ball handler. You know, we're looking at him develop. But the thing is, the kid's got toughness. We know that. And he likes to play defense. And, uh, and those are some of the ingredients you need if you, if you want to really do something in, in the NBA. What, what, what's your thoughts of it? I'm big on that. I, I, once I started reading more about this kid, because I didn't know a ton about him. I don't like I watched UCLA a lot last year. I saw he liked to play defense. He's a confident kid. Uh, don't need him right now, which is a nice thing. But the other thing I was thinking is, they were saying, well, he's not going to contribute right away. Who was? I mean, at the 17th spot in the NBA draft, especially this draft, they're just, I mean, after even picked five or six, I was like, who are these guys? And, you know, I, I don't know who is, it's, it's not like the NBA draft of old where you could get somebody just about anywhere in the first round that was going to come in and help. It's just uh, not the same anymore. It, it, it really is, you know, they've had some bad drafts, just to be flat out. I mean, this is, this is really not a good draft. Uh, you know, I don't think there's any other way to put it. Uh, and, you know, now, the other thing I wanted to talk about, too, um, I, we really could have seen major, major changes in the college game this year. Brandon Jennings went 10. Did you notice that? He's the kid that said, I'm not going to college. I'm going to go play a year in Italy, get paid, and I'm going to get drafted. If he had dropped below 20 to 25, it would have made that, that theory or that way of things not such a hot idea or not so attractive. He proved... He can go to Italy and still be top ten. That, yep. How many kids would watch that and think, maybe I, I'm not going to college now? Yeah, well, you, you know. You um, that could really change the way, the way people go to the NBA now? Uh, without a doubt. I think some of the kids, um, you know, could look at it that way. And he went over there and, you know, he's putting some money in his pocket, too. Right. So, if, nope. see, if you're, if you're a kid, wouldn't you think, well, I can go, like, like you said, I can make money. Play if I'm that good. Because overseas, they're getting better. Yeah, if you're that good, if you're, you're a guy that's, you know, uh, uh, a guy who, let's say, you know, they're talking top ten and you're coming out of high school, and you're that good, I, I, I think it's a good idea. Now, see, a lot of people will say, oh, you know, he's got to get his education, got to get his education. And I think it's great if he go back and get his education. But yeah, I would stand in front of somebody who somebody's offering a million dollars to and tell them, you know what? You shouldn't go get your money because I know everybody else is going to go get their money. I know I would go get mine. You're only going to go to college a year. You're not really getting your education doing it that way either. You're taking a bunch of entry-level classes, maybe, <laughs> if you're going. Yeah, I know. So, you know, it, it just, uh, you know, a lot of times people are so quick uh, to uh, put priorities on other people. Yet, you know, yet you've got a lot of people doing things that are unhealthy, unsafe, and all uh, kind of things uh, for a few dollars, and here you've got somebody that's got an offer uh, to get some some really big money, and they're saying, "Oh no, don't don't take the money. You need to go to school." They say, "Well, yeah, you, you know, there's a shelf life on your earning potential as an athlete. You know, gee, you always say it. Father time always wins. Father yeah. time doesn't win when it comes to getting your education. You can do that anytime. That's right. 
That's right. Well, we'll continue talking with you on VoiceAmerica.com on G Cobbin House. Uh, we'll talk some Phillies on the other side. Uh, Ugh, boy, some ups and downs down. We'll be back with you in a moment. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports are you currently having trouble paying your mortgage are you in an adjustable rate mortgage or possibly in foreclosure if you've been late once have already received a letter from your lender with intent to foreclose or even have a sheriff's sale notice you need to contact the professionals at new hope modifications they are experts in helping people behind on their mortgage, in foreclosure, or even who are on time, but know that rate will be adjusting and will cause them problems in the future. Call New Hope Modifications today at 888-NO-DEBT-9. That's 888-663-3289 and talk to one of their modification experts. New Hope is staffed with professionals that have years of experience in customer service and the mortgage industry. Our branch managers take pride in giving every customer the attention and support that they may need in this crucial time of their life. You are not alone, and New Hope is the company that you can trust to help you save your home or assist in getting you a payment you can handle. Give them a call right now at 888-663-3289. Again, that number, 888-663-3289, and put your trust in New Hope. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Gary Cobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. G. Cobb with you on G. Cobb in the House on VoiceAmerica.com. And 
Uh, I'm being joined by my co-host, Michael Warren, as we talk about what's going on with the, with the birds, and we talked a little bit about, you know, uh, what's happening with the Sixers with their draft. Now, we've got to talk a little bit about the Phillies and um, what's going on with them, and they, they've been having a tough time of late there. Huh? Tough time? They lost 10 of 12. I don't know how they're still in first, except the Mets keep getting hit with injuries. Now Rollins to the bench for more than one game. Yeah, Manuel said he's hitting for a little bit. So now we got a guy playing shortstop hitting 145, and Eric Bruntlett, that's nice. Starting pitching's been – but Stardo got hurt. Did you see that, Jake? Uh, I didn't see – no, I didn't see him get hurt. How, how did he get hurt? Uh, he had some trouble with his arm, I think, last night. So I saw him getting bashed around in that uh, <laughs> early game. That's what I saw. I saw him getting, get, getting hurt in a different kind of way. Yeah, exactly. It was tough to watch him get hurt because that means you would have had to stay with that game for six entire innings, and that's tough to do when you get up six runs in the first two. But he's, he's struggling. They need starting pitching bad. At least they got Blidge back. But when you lose 10-4, to four, you don't really need your closer. You know, Ruiz has come back down to earth. He's back down to 248. Um, you know, I, I, you want to really blame it on injuries? I mean, it hurts to lose a Banyas, but Mayberry's hitting 308. He's been very good. Kid's been really good. Yeah, the kid is, uh, you know, he's showing he's got some talent now. You know, just like Bastardo. Bastardo. You know what ends up happening. They just need to get a look at the kid, and then they're going to start throwing him everything he doesn't like to see. You know, and it seems like, you know, he's like a lot of kids. He's a fastball hitter. Once they start throwing him a lot of junk, then we'll see whether he can adjust or not. But, you know, you see he's got some talent. Oh, absolutely. He's got the power. Uh, and, and even when we look at Bastardo, I don't know if you looked at any of his pitch counts, but I saw one game he threw 102 pitches, 88 were fastballs. How can you live in the majors like that? That's a left-handed Vicente Padilla. That's what he used to do. Well, you know, the, the thing about it is, you know, you've got a kid that comes up and um, – Right away, what he, what he's got is he's he's uh you know the, the fastball the pitch that he's in control of you know he doesn't feel comfortable throwing those other ones because he's not in control of them. Well, he finds out on the major league level that if you keep throwing that fastball, you're going to get tattooed. You know that's the way it is. And it's like so, Mayberry because he came out with two good starts, but it's the same thing with Mayberry. Once they start to get a look at you and they can see what you're doing. They're going to start tattooing you, and that's what's happened now. He's not in the majors for a reason. It hasn't been. They need another starter. And it's tough to even trade for a starter. Gee, Bedard's on the DL in yep. Seattle. Yep. Peavy's on the DL in San Diego. And he wouldn't you – know, I want to talk to you about this. They say Peavy won't waive his no-trade clause to Philly or New York because he doesn't want the big market pressure. Does that sound like an elite starter to you? What is oh, it? Really, it really doesn't. Shouldn't you want the, the spotlight in the big game? I mean, I don't know. I lost a lot of respect for him when I heard that. That's why he won't waive his no-trade clause. Uh, Oswald's still out there. I guess he's kind of in the back nine of his career. But he's better than, than what the Phillies are throwing out there now, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, they're they're going to uh, they're gonna have to get somebody. I mean, they definitely they see we're pitching. They just don't have it, you know. Uh, they can't keep playing these games. Marquis probably isn't available for, from the Colorado because they went on that hot streak. So all of a sudden, they're, they're thinking a contender. They're probably not going to unload him at this point. So I'm wondering what there is out there to upgrade. You know, yeah, they've had a couple injuries, but look at the Mets. They've been shredded with injuries. Now Beltron's out. They have one guy in the lineup that can hit and David Wright. Maine just had a setback, so he's not going to be uh, – he's not back until after the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. 
So they've been hit worse than the Phillies have, and now they're only a half game back. Uh, and, and you have to look at them as, as they continue to get, as they get their Reyes back. They're going to get Beltran back. They're going to get Maine back. Um, Oliver Perez will be back, but I don't know if that's a good thing for them. I don't know if they want him back. Well, you know, I, I, I don't think anybody uh, that's being realistic thought that the Phils were just going to walk away with it. I mean, they kind of felt that, you know, they, at some point they were going to have to, uh, you know, that they were going to have to stand up and, and, and play well. I mean, they, 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 nobody thought, you know, the Phillies at the level they were playing, uh, they were playing so poorly that they were going to run away with anything as bad as they've been playing. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you know, yeah, you know, they're in first place and everything, but they haven't been playing well. And, you know, it's, there's been a, you know, at the same time, you know they can take their game to another level and they've they got a lot of guys that can do the things you need to do to win. Uh, the thing is, they, you know, the whole thing is the pitching. I mean, uh, because they're bats. These guys still can't pound the ball, but you know it's going to come down to pitching. I mean, we you all the know best that. Up in baseball, what's that? You think they're the best lineup in baseball? I think I think they are, provided they get something from Ruiz and and that's just, that's assuming Rollins doesn't continue this because we can't really think he's going to be this bad all year. Yeah, I you mean, know the whole the whole thing is you know Jimmy has got to start playing you know the way he should be, which is he's got to be you know like a lot of the guys. Uh, that when they they get to the point where they they're swinging at balls, uh, that's the way you know they start having trouble. They start swinging at balls that are outside the strike zone. That's the way they they start getting in trouble and they start getting themselves out. And I think Jimmy has done that. And uh, you know the whole mentality about you know it's almost the worst thing that Jimmy can do is hit a home run because then he starts thinking he's a, you know he's a power hitter and he's not. You know Jimmy's supposed to be hitting line drives and ground balls. You know he's gonna he's gonna help the team a lot more that way, and you know. But I don't know that he's ever gonna change him. I mean, how long have we been talking about that? Since 2001. <laughs> you know, he just will not go up there. Think about laying down some bunts, utilizing his speed, uh, hitting the ball, hitting some line drives, not trying to hit the ball out of the park. And as long as he's going to have the mentality where he he thinks he's a power hitter, uh, then you're gonna see him go through. Stretches where he, you know, hits the ball well. And, you know, hits it. You know, hits a deep fly ball. Yeah, and you know what, Charlie Manuel always said this. I think it was in reference to Jim Tomey, but I think it applies to Rollins too because Rollins does have a little pop. He has some pop in his bat for a guy his size. Just yeah, but what does the that ball do? And the home runs will come. Yeah, the home runs will come, but you know, but you know, you can't even think he's going to hit thirty home runs again. You no, know? that was an aberration. You should just go ahead and try to hit line drives. You know, hit the ball the opposite way. Don't be trying to pull things, you know, and, and that's all. But anyway, that's going to do it for us. I want to thank um, Micah. Thank you for joining me and uh, everybody else that uh, listened to the show. appreciate it. And make sure you check out gcob.com. Uh, we'll be updating it and information coming on there. And also, uh, Micah's site. Uh, why don't you give them talk about your site, Micah? otrsportsonline.com. Uh, okay, that'll do it. <laughs> Talk to you next week, folks. Be calm. Right, Gotta go. Care. I'm out of here like Vladimir.
Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. 